Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos, señores y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting, and it has your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get into the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online. Where the game starts. And joining us on the Cañasada are our brothers here on the Believe Network. They are the hosts of the Believe in Astros podcast. We have Jeff Palke and Jeff Bloom joining us on the show. ¿Cómo están, amigos? Uh, tranquilo, ¿y tú? Uh, I, see, I love it. They get the show already. And you know what, Jeff? Uh, see, which Jeff am I talking? So I'm just going to go with Bloom right here. Bloom, how many... It's so funny. All the major leaguers always come and show off their Spanish skills. Like, isn't it like a, a, I mean, how important is it to speak Spanish in a locker room? Not even when, during your playing days, but today in today's baseball. Uh, it's one of those, uh, you know, I, I, I don't speak a lot of Spanish. I speak very little, but enough to be able to communicate. And part of the reason was, is, you know, obviously going through college and then getting into the minor leagues. And uh, I have a profound amount of respect for those guys who have come into this country to chase the dream of playing baseball, number one. But at the same time, doing it in these minor league cities where there is no help for these guys as far as speaking English, I mean, just ordering a simple meal uh, can be a little bit of an issue. So I, I think it, you know, a lot of us really felt that respect for them, and we wanted them to not only just to succeed, but to be able to live here in the States is, is hard enough as it is. So we just kind of, you know, they're, they're trying to learn English. I'm trying to learn Spanish. And one thing that I learned from being in a clubhouse is that no matter the ethnicity, race, culture, background, whatever it was, we were 25 guys trying to go out and win a baseball game and get to the ultimate goal of being in the major leagues and doing the same thing. So we were fighting together. And you were, you were one of my boys. Hopefully I was one of their boys. And the only way I could find that connection was to be able to learn a little bit of Spanish. And uh, I did what I could to be able to encourage that atmosphere. Thank you for sharing that, by the way, because whenever I do speak to the Latin players, they always sit there and go, hey, man, I'm trying to learn English, too. It's not just about them speaking my language. I'm trying to learn. It. And I think that's, I mean, the way you laid it down, I think, is great. And I don't think it's spoken enough, the efforts. That both no, of you I, guys I completely make. agree on that. Yeah. And I do think, it, and let's be honest, it's easier to learn Spanish than it is to learn English. <laughs> no. uh, but, but also, I think, yeah, I think Major League Baseball has done a very good job in the last, what, four or five years in involving the interpreter for the Latin players to be able to mm -hmm. do interviews because so many things get lost in translation because those guys are fighting like hell to answer the question appropriately. But when it translates for them in their mind in English, sometimes it doesn't come out right. So I'm glad they protect them in that sense. Yeah, I, I, some of these guys definitely speak English. You know, Jose Abreu has a, an interpreter, but that guy understands English just fine. You don't have to, you know, he's doing well. But I think the interpreter is important for them because they do. And by the way, we are in South Texas. So there are a ton of, uh, you know, people down here. I mean, it is majority Latino population in Houston. So it behooves you kind of to, my wife's bilingual, so I just lean on her other than just walking around and going, Ola you know, that's all I can really do, you know, so, but, oh my God. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, there is a, there are a lot of Spanish speakers here. In fact, at, uh, often at the Astros uh, press conferences, they're uh, Spanish language stations asking questions in Spanish. 
So mm-hmm. it's not uncommon, especially down here. Hey, Palky, yeah, you bring up a very good point. How many times that you've talked to players and you and they use the "Hey, I'm not speaking English" just because they don't <laughs> want to talk? And I don't play. Look, every time I've been into a clubhouse. I get it. You know, it's a tough loss. The last thing you want is a microphone or a phone in your face, right? So I get it that they don't want to talk, but I mean, how, what do you do to counter that defense? Well, the funniest one I ever saw was Yao Ming when he was playing for the Rockets. And that guy spoke, by the time he had been here for a year, he spoke fluent English and he would just look at you and go, huh? what? <laughs> you know, he didn't understand a word you were saying. But I, I think, you know, most guys, they want to accommodate you. You know, most guys, they want to talk to you. They're not, they're not you know, they, there are guys that are aloof, of course. They're just like they're introverts in every uh, walk of life. But I think most guys, they want to talk. You know, they want to have a conversation. And if they don't think you're out trying to get them and, you know, uh, any kind of gotcha stuff, they want to have a conversation with you. And, and, and they re- are respectful of the fact that, they're playing in America, and most of us do speak English in America, and so I think they understand that. and And I don't think anybody tries to dodge anything. Certainly not with the Astros. I did. I did really appreciate a couple. Of, I think it was last year when Julia uh, Morales, Blum's partner on air, walked up to Jose Altuve to ask him a question, and he looked at him and he goes, "No, speak English," and he walked away. <laughs> and I was like, "That was pretty good." <laughs> so these guys, these guys do have a sense of humor about it as well. So we have the two Jeffs on the show, and uh, it's just going to drive me crazy. So I hope I don't don't take offense. I'm just going to use Blummer, if that's okay, uh, when that's I refer to uh, Blummer. Um, where do the Astros stand right now? Uh, in terms of we're in the middle of June, uh, as of the, the taping of this show, they're in third place. And I think maybe they might be surprised, because I know I'm surprised to see where they are in the standings. How are they viewing their season up until this point? Um, I think internally, if you ask these guys, they're just saying it's part of the grind. The dog days showed up a little bit early, but at the same time, we sit on the outside. And, you know, the one thing that they've done here in Houston is set that bar so damn high for the last six or seven years that the expectation is to go out there and win every game you possibly can. And I think the one thing that we're finding out is how how unbelievably great 2022 was in the sense that they were healthy. They used eight starting pitchers throughout the entire course of the season. They had a full season of Jordan Alvarez. They had a full season of Jose Altuve and some of these guys. In this season, injuries have really gotten to them, which is typical for a major league season. you got to find a way to fight through that. Organizational depth is something we always talk about. And they've been able to put Band-Aids on some of these things. But I think now the fatigue is sitting in a little bit for some of these guys. And uh, the expectation of carrying the burden of not having a Jordan in your lineup is, is obviously exposed itself with scoring one run in the last three you know each game in the last three games and uh to your point uh the the projections we always look at that you know those those playoff odds are always shifting and we're at a point now here in houston where we've seen numbers that we've never seen before like a 50 50 chance that they even make it to the playoffs so they're reeling a little bit it's a tough moment but it's amazing to me to look across the league and also understand that the yankees the dodgers are in similar situations in third place in their divisions and that's not where any of us expected to be you know uh balky it seems uh like the pitching is what's really keeping this team together. I mean, they're first in ERA, aren't they? Uh, they're in the top three for sure. I'm not sure where they're at today, but yeah, they're up there. Well, I mean, the Blummer mentioned it. I mean, yeah, if you look at the fan bases right now between the Dodgers and the Astros and the Yankees, they're all having a meltdown. The team sucks, you know, What? what <laughs> just cancel the season. What's the point of even yep. watching this anymore? But uh, the Blummer right. bring- you know, he brings up a very interesting point because it seems like the Dodgers are going through a little the same thing the Astros are going through. When you have this many injuries or you are going into your depth so early into the season and maybe your depth wasn't what it was like before, how, how do you survive? I mean, I, everybody talks about trades, but sometimes you may not have, you know, enough chips to pull the, these trades. How, how do you handle the rest of the season? I think that's part of the issue, and especially in the, the Astros have been remarkable in managing to continue to be good on the mound despite pitching guys like J.P. France and Brandon Belak, and now Sean Dubin has come up, and Rennell Blanco has been stretched out 
from a reliever into a starter. The fact that they are still this good pitching is incredible. The problem they have right now is they can't hit the ball. You know, they're, I, I was looking at some stats. They have only won four games when they were tied or behind in the sixth inning. And that's not something that we know of Astros baseball. The Astros feast on late innings. They feast on relief pitchers. They feast on third time through the lineup against a guy. So those kinds of numbers are really remarkable. And that's, and I mean, honestly, the pitching has really been the saving grace for this team. I'm not sure where they would be without, uh, without the outstanding pitching, particularly the starters, but also a bullpen that's really mostly been lights out. You know, I, uh, Blummer, I, I don't know if you've ever experienced this during your playing days, but so I'm in the clubhouse the other day and, uh, you know, they just got the Dodgers just got swept by their hated rivals. And, and Freddie Freeman is just telling there's this look on their face like, look, I don't know. We're doing the same thing we always do. We're just not getting results. As a player, I, I've said this many times. They don't know how to fix it. I mean, I, 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 I mean, when everything goes wrong, how do you fix that? When you guys are in the clubhouse and you have players meetings, I mean, does anything good come out of that? Or is it just you guys are just like grasping at straws at the fact that, hey, we got to do something because things are just not going our way? Yeah, you know, at some point you do feel like you're ramming your head against the wall just going, this is not working out. We need to make an adjustment. So you do have some of these players' meetings. And, again, it, it, it a lot of it depends on what's inside your ball club, inside your clubhouse. Do you have guys that are going to respond to what the hell's going on? And are they going to be able to – you know, everybody says step up. But, you know, what exactly does that mean? Am I supposed to play better than I already am or who I am? And that, that's a lot to ask of some of these guys. But I think that, you know, to Freddie Freeman's – maybe point is that we've got to continue doing what we're doing and eventually we'll get the breaks kind of thing or you start to get in those stretches where you start to get some guys that overachieve a little bit and your lineup becomes a little bit better but I think there's also an understanding of 162 games is an absolute freaking marathon and a lot of things can happen good or bad but at the same time you know if every guy you know you try to play well as a team but let's be honest you know, there's an understanding that if I go out there and do my job and uh, Freddie Freeman does his job, Mookie Betts does his job, and then we have a couple of guys doing their job and we all do that same thing together, I do as much as I can, then we're going to be a better team. But the second you start to try and do more than you can, that's when you start to falter a little bit. But it's hard It's hard on the outside to say, okay, we're do we're okay. We're just going to keep battling, and we'll be all right. But you do get to a point in the season, I think now 75 games in, you start to look around and go, is this who we are? And that's where panic sometimes sets in because the realization, oh, crap, this is who we are. Wow. I, I mean, it, it makes me – look, guys, it makes me feel a little bit better to know that you guys are also going through it and there's other teams, and, and it's not just the Dodgers becoming the worst team in Major League Baseball. But, I mean, it is – it is it's a tough stretch to watch – uh, Balky, yeah. you had mentioned Jose Abreu. I remember when the Astros signed Jose Abreu, I was like, it's over. I, I mean, th this team just won the World Series. You thought the same, man. <laughs> and, and, and then you're adding Jose Abreu to, the, to, to this lineup. Like, what's been happening with Jose? I mean, there was a great moment earlier in the year when he hit his home run and you saw everyone in that dugout, how they all just surrounded and, and celebrated with him. But what, what's the story with Jose? I don't even think he knows. I mean, I think he, you know, it's, he, there is, I think, some, you know, just some natural regression that is happening because of his age. You know, he hasn't been the guy that he was in 2020 uh, for a couple of seasons. I mean, last year only had 15 home runs. Um, I, I just think there's some of that. But I also think, you know, Blummer and I talked about this on several occasions i think there's some of this is the adjustment you know he's been playing in the same place a long time um there's a natural adjustment period i think for that um i think the combination he's been hitting a little bit better lately certainly hitting the ball and the screws better um maybe not having the results he would like but i think that he's a guy that if we maybe have over we may be overestimated his impact. We maybe expected more from him than we thought he would get. We thought, hey, the short porch and right in uh, left field at Minute Maid is going to be great for this guy as a pull hitter traditionally. 
Um, and it just hasn't really worked out so far. Um, and of course, uh, it was tough because a lot of guys, a lot of fans loved Yuli Gurriel when he left. I mean, a lot of people wanted the Astros to keep him, even though they signed Jose Abreu. So I think there's a there's definitely some frustration there. But he has been better over the past month. You look at his numbers, you know, over the last 10 to 15 games, he's certainly improved. I mean, hard not to, considering where he came from. But I think he's a guy that will get better as the season goes along, much the way Alex Bregman has improved as the season's gone along. Um, but it's a problem for the Astros. You can't have a guy hitting cleanup, you know, who's uh, who's batting that poorly with an OPS that low. You just you can't do it. Didn't you? And Dusty's been so far uh, hesitant to move him down the lineup. Uh, you guys are giving me a hope that we might have a, fa- a fighting chance to win a game uh, this weekend. The, the, the Dodgers and the Astros start a series on Friday. Um, uh, Blummer, I, I have to ask you this. I, I know you pro- you guys may be tired of this, but look, Justin Turner, Kenley Jansen, Geek Hernandez all went to go play for Cora out in Boston. So to me, it's like if these players have put 2017 behind them, maybe the fans need to do the same thing and like let, let, let's move on. But it doesn't seem like that's the case. Are you guys tired of hearing about the 2017? Especially, you know, you guys are going to hear it when you come into LA. Yeah, and you know, Balky would probably be able to answer this a little bit differently because he's a little more on the 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 fan slash media side, whereas I'm on the player media side and, you know, having played the game, I I played for teams that were hated. I played for, you know, teams that, uh, you know, did certain things to try and win ball games, but uh, you know, and, and my knowledge inside the game might be a little bit deeper than most. So, you know, I'm a little jaded in the sense that I know that what the Astros did was wrong, but at the same time, I know there were 17 other teams doing the same exact thing. They just didn't, they didn't take it to that step with the, the the trash can. That that part bothered the hell out of me. But that being said, yeah, there is a little bit of fatigue for me. Uh, you know, now that I am traveling with the team a little bit more often, and and witnessing it, and now you're starting to see, you know, some of the t- guys leave the team. You know, the Springers are gone, the Marisnicks, the Guriels, and now all that's left is Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve, and they get booed. And I understand it. I get it. And I respect the fact of fan bases that just boo those two guys and don't boo anybody else on the on that team because they had nothing to do with it. So I do respect that in a sense. But yeah, there is a little bit of fatigue around town. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, one thing I noticed last year when Rob Manfred handed that trophy to the owner, Jim Crane, was a, 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 almost a sigh of relief. They were like, thank God we won one under these new rules and under the, you know, under the microscope of Major League Baseball. But that being said, Fans are going to be fans. I mean, that's what's part of the, the fun of the game is going into an opposing ballpark and getting your brains booed out and trying to shut them up. And, you know, it's part of the game. Fans are going to pay their ticket and boo. I don't care. Uh, uh, Balky, I, I mean, you guys just don't get it at Dodger Stadium. I mean, the Astros get it everywhere oh, they go, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, everywhere. And and I'll say, look, early on, there were some that were pretty creative. You know, I mean, I, I did appreciate the inflatable <laughs> trash cans on the field. Like, that was pretty good. You know, I mean, I'll give people credit, you know, for that kind of stuff. The stuff that I don't like is not that, you know, look, you want to boo, go ahead. You want to be continuously angry about the Astros winning the World Series. That's fine. I, I get it. I, I would get it, too. I mean, I have relatives who live in Philadelphia who think the Astros are the devil. I understand. But the, <laughs> the issue that I have is I hate conspiracy theories. I hate them. I don't like him in any walk of life. And I particularly hate the one about Jose Altuve. And that whole thing being started, you know, online with John Boy and all those people doing that, it was very frustrating because Jose Altuve, of anybody, that's the guy you don't want to question. Uh, you can question a lot of guys on what they choices they made, decisions that, you know, they made at the time, things that they did. Jose Altuve is not one of them. He is a guy that, you know, from everything I've seen with him, the times that I've had the uh, fortune of uh, interviewing him in the locker room and the times that I've been able to talk uh, with players around him, he is above reproach with that stuff. And so the fact that he has gotten so much hate directed his way is what really frustrates me. I can live with all the other stuff. 
right? I mean, baseball and all sports, there's a little swagger in it. You know, Carlos Correa got out there and told a few yeah. folks. And, you know, and it's just, it's how it works. It's part of the deal. It's, it's part of the rivalry and the fun of sports. I just don't like when people make stuff up as a means of trying to prove some point. Uh, beyond that, your heart's out. Uh, certainly Astros fans know how to do that. And look, the Astros fans have their own problems. They do the wave. And that's a serious problem. <laughs> like I'm <laughs> Minute Maid Park is like is like the wave central and it's gotta stop. I'm begging fans everywhere to call their friends who are Astros fans and tell them, please, for the love of God, stop doing the wave. That's all I Oh, Balky with the shots fired. I mean Good, man. You, you're talking about the wave here at Dodger Stadium. I mean, Balky, this has been unfortunately my co-host Alicia Del Valle is not here, but she is a big proponent about the, discussing the wave. Like to me, look, I get it. There are some people that absolutely hate the wave. I, I, to me, I don't care. I mean, it's just like, look, here's the thing. The real, the realistic thing is when you go to a stadium that holds over 50,000 people, not everybody there is a diehard baseball fan. Not everybody <laughs> there is going to be able to tell you who was the shortstop for the Dodgers in 1988, right? So they're there to have a good time. And I'm just like, okay, you know, whatever. To me, the biggest offense, Valky, is those people that get up in the middle of an inning or standing up having conversations. And it's just like, hey, sit down and watch the game. Why are you here? Are you here not to watch the game? But... <laughs> That's that's my. Oh, there's plenty uh, my, of there's plenty of stuff we could talk about the fans. I'm not going to do any. <laughs> I just it. I'm just going to drop the truth bomb on the way. Stop it, everybody! Stop it. <laughs> Cut it out. Let your kid do the way. Then then just let the kids do the way. Then it'll just be a tiny little. It'll be a ripple. The way. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um, we, uh, so I, I want to thank you guys for, for your time. I, I want to end the show since this is your guys' first time on the show. I want to end the show the way we end all of our shows here. We have a, a, a segment that we call our kickback questions. So these are rapid fire questions. If you guys want to go into a longer answer, by all <laughs> means, uh, you go ahead and do it. Um, I got one for each one of you. If you guys want to answer uh, the other one's question, that's perfectly fine. Blummer, I'm going to start with you. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you made your major league debut uh, with the Montreal Expos. Is that correct? Correct. Uh, the Expos have the sickest uniform in the history <laughs> of major league baseball. Is there a better uniform than the Montreal Expos? And I'm talking either the home or the road powder blue. You tell me, Jeff. Oh, dang. I don't, I don't think so. Not, not the, not the original Expos uniform. And you know, what's funny is he's starting to see some of these, uh, you know, some of these retro hats coming back and people are starting to wear it again. If I climbed up into my attic right now, I could probably peel out a couple of uniforms from there. And I, now I didn't realize holding onto them would be so valuable. So <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I'm trying to think because I, I love the those 80 unif 80s uniforms. Yeah. And granted, the Dodgers, you know, I grew up in L.A., you know, watching. So the traditional Yankee Dodger uniform is strong. But at the same time, I mean, those 80s powder blues with, you know, that gross maroon Philly color or the Braves <laughs> that came through, you were like, damn, I want to get to the big leagues and wear some of that. But uh, no, the, the Montreal Expos, those those uniforms were were strong. How was it playing in Montreal, Jeff? Uh, I, I, I just, oh, yeah. uh, Balky, I'll get back to you. I just uh, playing in Montreal because there's talk, there's talk about, you know, <laughs> Getting baseball back into Montreal, what I mean, what mm -hmm. was that experience like? Um, the city itself is amazing. So if they brought that city back into the circuit and we were able to visit there a little more frequently, I would absolutely love it, cheer for it, want it to happen. But they need to build a stadium that uh, is in a better part of town, a little more intimate, because playing in Olympic Stadium uh, was ridiculous. It was a 90,000 seat stadium and we would get 10, even if we got 20,000 fans, it felt like it was a sparse crowd, but it was unfortunate that the time that I was there, there were only about 5,000 people in the stands because the fans that did show up absolutely loved the game of baseball, knew everything about it, uh, cheered us on and had a blast. Uh, the city itself is amazing. I would love to get it back on that circuit if they were able to get back up there and do it right, because I think the fans would show out. Uh, Balky, I'm sorry, before I rudely interrupted you. Oh, no. 
I was going to say Blummer was there when they moved, you know, when they were, he was there the mm. year before they actually moved. That's a tough time to be with any team, you know, is, is right when the fan base is getting kicked in the teeth. Uh, so that's pretty tough. I was just going to say also that if you ask rappers, they would tell you the Astros rainbow unis uh, might yes. be at the top of their, uh, <laughs> at the top of their list. Cause those seem to be very popular among the hip hop crowd. You, you totally read my mind, Palky. I was going to tell you, I think the Astros should go back to that uniform. When I think of the Houston Astros, mm-hmm. that's the uniform I think. That's the uniform I think of is, is, the, is the rainbow uniforms. Um, Palky, for you, um, what makes you a nerd? Why do you proudly refer to yourself as a nerd? <laughs> <laughs> well, there are many things that make me a nerd. I feel like a nerd is anybody who's really into certain to a certain degree. i so I own a, a website development company that I've had for almost 25 years. So there is a certain level of nerdery in my life that will always exist simply because of, because of that. But, you know, look, I'm an unabashed uh, Trekkie. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I, I collect wow. boatloads of bobbleheads. Um, I've been a musician since I was 14 years old. I used to play for a living. In fact, I played salsa music for quite a long time. Oh, look and, at him! Um, and so, so I've got some. I've got a yeah. Well, it, I'm not going to say what they used to call me because I was the only white guy in the band. But uh, <laughs> did, they, did they call you Wedo or did they call you Gavacho? No. What, what did they uh, call you? By? They they called they called me Pinche Gringo. Is what they called me. <laughs> That's what hilarious. they called me. Either that or either that or Wonder Bread was the other good one, and that was the English version. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. I honestly, I just, I have a lot of interests um, and a lot of them, I, you know, and I'm a sort of a jack of all trades, master of none. And so I like lots of different things. And so it's one of the things that's helped me as a writer over the years, because I've written about everything from sports, music to, I literally wrote uh, several columns on the topic of horse teeth floating, which I don't honestly even really understand what it is at this point. <laughs> Um, my wife likes to bring it up because she was my wife is a, a journalism person as well. And she likes to laugh at the fact that somehow I pulled that out of my butt years ago when I needed some stories to write. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just like a lot of things. And so that makes me I feel like that just makes me naturally a nerd. And and also my brain storehouse is a lot of worthless information. And so, right, uh, uh, you know, that's part of it, too, I think. Tell me I'm wrong, Bucky, but Wrath of Khan is the great the greatest Star Trek movie? Yes, it is the greatest Star Trek movie. And here's the thing: this is going to kill a lot of people when they hear this. But I am not a Trekkie from the original series. I am a your next, next generation, generation Trekkie. What? I am a next generation Trekkie because I that's when I started watching when I was in my twenties, uh, and it first started coming out. I did not watch the original series. Other than a few key episodes, yeah, Wrath of Khan is clearly the best film. Um, I felt like all the older ones. And honestly, if you're going to watch the new ones, the only season of Picard to watch is the last one. All the other ones were terrible, but the recent Picard, they brought together all the old cast. It was all back. Deanna Troy, (laughs) Dr. Crusher, Worf, Jordan. They were all there, man. It was beautiful. Even Seven of Nine, even though that's crossing the streams. Hey, there's another reference. There we go. Uh, Balky totally nerding out for us. And, uh, you know, uh, of course, picking out. <laughs> Blumber's like, who pick- is this person? <laughs> like, who in the hell? <laughs> picking next generation like a total pinche gringo would. But uh, <laughs> uh, so this one, this so next bravo. one is for both. Uh, this next one's for both of you guys. Are either of you ever, at one point in your life, been a fan of the male soap opera, soap opera that we like to refer to as professional wrestling? Oh hell yeah! You kidding me, dude? Uh, I was, I, I was eleven years old. I, I was playing on an all star team, and I took a ground ball off of my right ring finger, and it and it snapped it. I mean, I had fingernail popped off, broken bones, and I had this. I had this splint and the doctor wrapped it so damn tight that I could feel my heart beat in my finger and I couldn't sleep. So I popped up and I threw in, I think WrestleMania two that I recorded on a D on a V on VHS. And I watched it on repeat the entire night (laughs) and I was going Hulkamania crazy, you know, Superfly snooker. I mean, it was, I was in, 
I haven't been in the last 20 years, but that at that moment in my life, oh, hell yeah, I was in. Well, Blummer, that's when wrestling ended was 20 years ago, you know. But I, agree. I, I completely who, agree. Who was your who were your favorite guys? Is it Snooka and Hogan? Were those the pukester? Is that those yeah, were your favorite? Junkyard dog. I mean, some of these guys, yeah. the Iron Sheik, some of the, I mean, these were these guys were unbelievable, man. I loved every the, you know, the ultimate warrior. You know, I kind of got on yeah. that bandwagon for a little bit when he was just roided out of his mind. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to our resident nerd, Bobby. Please, please don't disappoint me with this answer. No, no, no. I, I actually did watch wrestling when I was very young and it was the era of the junkyard dog and i was a big fan um they used to have wrestling matches in houston at the coliseum which doesn't exist anymore the same place where i used to go see heavy metal concerts and worry about my t-shirt getting stolen uh it was you know it was so junkyard dog was my guy in fact he's still you know he's the guy's still around in houston in fact and um you know i loved watching those guys back then and i agree with you i didn't really get into the uh later i mean I, I watched all the way up to like the hulk hogan you know rowdy rowdy piper into that sort of era um but uh but yeah those early days it's it's interesting too because you know i mentioned my business i have a client who is an old old school wrestling guy his name back in the day was the tennessee stud and this was back in the 70s and he wrestled guys like andre the giant and uh, and he oh, wrestled uh, Hulk Hogan in his early days in the late seventies, and uh, it's pretty fascinating. The fact that he's called the Tennessee Stud is really the best part. Let's be honest. But <laughs> yeah, I, I found exactly the self-proclaimed Ron Fuller, and um, but I yeah, Junkyard Dog was my boy back in the day. I loved watching him, and that of course it was hard to watch. There was very little watching of wrestling because yeah. it really wasn't a popular thing. So they, I remember the early days of HSE, which was the first sort of sports channel in Houston. They would show those wrestling matches back on HSE. And so that's when I watched them. So, yeah, I love that stuff. That was a long time ago. But, yeah, I loved it. Look at Bonky, man. The nerd is showing out tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> last one. Uh, Blummer, since you are from uh, California and now out there in Texas, on this show, we are all about taco culture. We love tacos, so we oh. need to know what is your favorite taco and where do you go to get that taco? Oh, my gosh, dude. That is a crazy tough question because I, if since we're on an L.A. Uh, podcast i can say that i can't stand torchy's tacos out here in texas <laughs> i can't stand it i mean i'm not a chain guy i like the more the more peculiar you know hole in the wall there's so many taco trucks out here in houston that are phenomenal but as a kid growing up i don't even know if it still exists but we would go to don jose's out oh, i in, remember uh, don jose's out in california don jose's yeah out in california when i was a kid and i just remember my mom getting these massive tostada bowls and me and my brother would, you know, try and compete and see how many uh, tacos we could get. But there was a place, uh, Garcia's in Arizona. Every time we played the Diamondbacks, Garcia's would deliver just buckets of tacos. And I would have to say that those were probably one of my favorites. Because if I was not playing that day that the Garcia's tacos showed up, I'd have at least eight of them. <laughs> so uh, are you a soft, uh, I mean, a street taco or a hard shell taco kind of guy? Um... I'm not, I, I don't, I, I love street tacos as far as the taste, but I can't stand how small they are. I'm more of a guy that I want the big bulky. I want the thick taco. I want the challenge. It's keeping that hard shell together. I enjoy the hard shell, the larger taco. Yeah. And uh, your choice oh, protein. Um, I'm shredded beef is probably my favorite. Okay. Uh, Balky. Nice. Oh, in, in Houston, it, the best place to me is a whole little hole in the wall. Uh, in north, just on the north side, called Gerardo's, as the best carnitas in mm. the city. Um, it is uh, they have. It's a convenience store with a steam table in the back. And uh, a buddy of mine, who is a food author named Rob Walsh, a friend of my wife's and mine, uh, he took me there years ago. And it just it's but Houston, like I, I always say, like they you know every day they're they're putting in a new taqueria somewhere. Um, I'm pretty sure that while I'm on vacation, they're going to put one in my bathroom. When I get back, there's going to be cafe <laughs> lights hanging and the smell of beef cooking from my bathroom. I mean, it's, it's amazing, but Gerardo's has got to be my pick. I'm a soft taco guy. Uh, uh, I like, but I like 
my favorite tacos are breakfast tacos. So for oh. me, like I like I like a soft uh, flour tortilla loaded down with uh, some potatoes and avocado and uh, grilled onion and uh, and some eggs. That's my favorite kind of tacos, breakfast tacos. I could eat them every day, all day. Um, little secret trick for you at home: stuff those bad boys with tater tots. You're welcome. <laughs> and there you have it. So we want to thank you guys for helping us uh, uh, preview the Astros and the and the Taco Talk and the, and the Nerd Talk. Um, their show is Believe in Astros. So if we have any Astro fans coming across to to watch the crossover, you guys probably already know where to follow them. But uh, help me out here, guys. Where can they follow you on the socials to get all the information they need on the Astros? Well, you can find Believe in Astros just at B-L-E-A-N Astros. I'm at Jeff Balky and Blummer. You can tell them where you're at. Yeah, I'm at Blummer27. I keep it easy, both on Twitter and Instagram, just Blummer27. I keep it simple. And this might be the mashup that we all needed to create this bond again and get us back in the same <laughs> in, in, in the same well-standing, you know, just create. The, this is the beginning of a beautiful relationship. <laughs> it's the healing process Great. has begun, yes. everyone. So Yes, we appreciate I, you having us on your podcast. Thank you. No, thank you, guys. Absolutely. One, one, real quick, uh, I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, definitely, I feel that somebody's going to get healthy this weekend, right? Because hearing hearing how the Dodgers are and the Astros, someone's going to be happy this weekend. They're going to start healing from that towards that momentum towards towards the <laughs> towards the, the division. So I'm, I'm pretty. There we go. Yeah, there you go. So once again, I, I a big thank you. To- no offense, but I hope it's not y'all. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, being the, being we're so positive over here, I, I think we like your chances. Uh, we're, we're just going through it yeah. over here. But once again, a big thank you Fair. to Jeff Bloom and then the uh, pinche gringo, Jeff Balky. <laughs> Thanks a lot for, for coming on the show, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. And a big thank you once again to the two Jeffs or the two Jeffes. Uh, for joining us on the show and giving us all the information that we need to know on on the uh, on the Astros and just like clockwork, babyface, just when we thought, hey, we're 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 going to get over this situation. It's enough time has passed. We need to move on. I don't know if you saw this, but on Thursday, uh, Rob Manfred, your favorite commissioner of all commissioners, did an interview with Time Magazine. And the general, the biggest thing that came out of that interview is Rob Manfred saying he regrets that he gave all those Astros players immunity at the beginning and in the investigation. Here is my question to you, babyface. The timing on this is just impeccable. And since we're big wrestling fans on this show, I have to, I have to ask you, is this a gimmick? Is this a work? Is Manfred specifically making that quote, knowing that the Astros of Houston are coming to Dodger Stadium this weekend? Like, of all weekends to make that quote, to say that, I mean, if you're doing that, aren't you just pouring gas on the fire? I mean, am I wrong here? Is this a work, or is he just being honest? I mean... I mean, Manfred's not dumb, right? I mean, I think he knows what's kind of best for business, right? And he knows, hey, what's on the schedule this weekend? Oh, the Astros are going to LA, right? And like, I mean, I don't think the guy is, like you said, he's, you know, we talked to Joe Kelly, and Joe Kelly said the guy's very smart. He knows what he's doing, right? He, he might, you know, he might make some jabs here and there, you know, he kind of, I mean, he knows what he's doing, right? So, I mean, I would say it might be intentional, right? You know, I mean, it, it you know, what do you want to do? You want, you want people to talk about it, right? Still. I mean, even if it is whatever it is now, what, five years down the road, right? You want still people to talk about it and kind of, cause it's, you're talking about baseball, you're talking about the game, right? You you don't want baseball just to be like, Hey, it's never being talked about. Even if it's something that happened in the past, it's still getting people's attention. And I think, you know, that that's always going to be a play, right? You always want people to talk about it. And I mean, my thing though, is like, if he regrets it, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm of that I'm of that thinking still. Like, you know what? If you regret it, you can still take away their title. <laughs> I don't. You think so? Six six years later, you think I, you can still do that retroactive? I, I think you can still go back and say, you know what? After everything that's come out from then to now, you know, it's kind of been still ongoing since then. 
we can still take away that title and 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 null it and void it and no champion in 2017. See, that's the thing that I'm really struggling with because you know you're right. The ambassador has told us that he's a really smart dude. And being that the fact that it was a print article, so there wasn't an actual video where we can see, I don't know if this dude is being genuine when he says that he regrets, you know, giving the immunity. I, I, I really don't because, you know, the way he behaved during the whole investigation, referring to the championship as a piece of metal and it just and and the way he's behaved with the Oakland A's situation, and I get it. This is a guy who works for the owners, right? And at the same time, I, I want to be fair to him because he has done some good things for baseball. He has implemented r- rules that have, and for the most part, you know, baseball is thriving in terms of attendance and stuff like that. So it's not like he's just all bad. It's just there's this huge blemish, but I just don't see the benefit of rehashing this again, especially right now. And that's why I'm like, this is a work. This is a work to get people to. And the thing is, is this. There's two nationally televised games this weekend between the Dodgers and the Astros of Houston. Saturday's game is nationally televised and Sunday's is at on on ESPN. So. He is he embracing full heel at at this point, babyface. Yeah, I mean, and and like you said, you know, he works for the owners, right? So, so I mean, anybody put into that position as as a commissioner, right? They're always going to be, you know, working for the owners. So the fans are going to see it always completely different, right? Because the fans are going to think, oh, maybe should should be this way for the fans, right? But you know, he's got to, like I said, he's got to protect the owners because that's that's his job, right? And now with with the like we're talking with with the Jeffs, right? Um, you know, there's not a lot of guys that are left from yeah. 17, right, on the Astros side or the Dodgers side, right? But I think I think you're going to hear. Uh, I think for Dodger fans, it doesn't really matter who's on that team. It's just it's the Astros, right? And they're going to get booed no matter who it is. And obviously, Atuve is going to get his his yeah. fair share, right? And Spre- and and um, a Bergman, Ber- Ber- uh, yeah, Bergman. Um, so Bregman, they're, yeah. they're going to get their, their share. Um, I mean, there's no more Correa there, but we saw what happened when Correa came in town with the twins. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think even if it's Dusty Baker, everybody loves Dusty Baker. Right. And like, you know, Dusty, Dusty Baker can't do no wrong. Like, but I think, you know, he, I think just when you see the Astros coming to town prepared, you know, they're going to, they're, and they're going to get booed for, I mean, and I don't know for how long that's going to go on. I mean, you know, Dodger fans have a, you know, that that elephant memory right and they're going to remember this for a long long time yeah i i really thought you know with justin turner and geek and jansen going to go play for alex cora in boston i i really thought look if these players don't care anymore well you know let's move let's move on but now hearing manfred say this i'm just like oh bro you just opened that scab that thing was healing and now you opened it up and i just I don't know how genuine his remorse is on that, but it, it was interesting. Uh, the Jeffs basically were talking about the Astros the same way we were talking about the Dodgers. And it, it seems like these guys, these teams that have been perennial, they're human too. They, it's a, I mean, the one thing that I have to, you know, remind myself, I get caught up in the moment sometimes and and the Blummer said this, you know, it's a long season. It's June. Yeah, maybe they're not playing well right now, but every team goes through this. And I want to give credit to one of our, our listeners, Too Cool Raul, where I, he really it was the voice of reason. And I love this saying that he said, hey, guys, stop giving yourselves chorro. Everything is fine. It's way too early, you know, to, to be worrying about this. So... That being said, uh, our sponsor, Bet Online, recently put out uh, I, what is it, a poll or, or findings of the most disliked teams uh, in Major League Baseball. And the criteria for this, Babyface, do you want to explain it to everybody as to how they determined who were the most disliked teams? Well, I guess they just based it on, on, on 
negative tweets. Um, only thing it doesn't specify, like from what, you know, from what period was this? Like one day, one week, you know, one month. I mean, it, they don't put that criteria in there. Um, but yeah, negative tweets. It shows the Dodgers are the number one disliked team. And but you know, it says number of negative tweets was nine thousand sixteen. So like that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, that could have been in one day, right? Especially um, with the way the Dodgers were playing. We're, you know, we were saying like this. This could have been from Dodger fans, right? I mean, after you know the Giants series, right? I mean, and, and you know what? That's all I heard on social media, right? Like, and and, and I want to clarify because I feel like we've discussed at one of these polls earlier in the season, like the most hated team and the Dodgers was the Dodgers were up there. And I remember the last time we talked about it, it was like, oh, it's Giants fan and Showpods fan is just hating on the Dodgers. But when this poll started going viral, the majority of people felt that the, the these negative tweets were coming from their own fan bases. Like it was the Dodgers. The negative tweets were because of the bullpen. I mean, and we talked about this on our last episode, the negativity that Dodger fans are angry. And I mean, they're booing at the stadium. They're booing people who are getting injured. I mean, there just seemed to be a lot of anger. So I think there is truth to what you're saying in the sense that I think a lot of these negative tweets that put the Dodgers in the number one spot were coming from their own fans. And so I, I do want to make a clarification. This is the most disliked. This is not the most hated. If it was the most hated, I think the Dodgers would have still been up there. But I think the Astros probably would have been up there. It's very interesting for those of you who are listening to the podcast and they can't, and you can't see um, the, the, the teams here that are listed. They listed 10 teams. So number one was the Dodgers. Number two were the Yankees. Number three were the Astros. Number four were the Mets. I think that's a lot coming from Met fan themselves. Met fan is disappointed in how the season is going so far. The Bravos surprises me. The Bravos is number five. I think that's probably Phillies fan and Mets fan hating on the Bravos. Uh, the Cardinals I come in at number six and... I think the Cardinals are probably one of the most hated teams in in all of Major League Baseball. The only people I think that like the Cardinals are people from St. Louis. Uh, number seven, the Phillies. I think that comes a lot from their own fans, too. I mean, we all know how hard Philly fan is. The Red Sox are number eight. Uh, the Show Pods are number nine. You know, with the Red Sox, I think that probably is a combination of Red Sox fan and and Yankee fan hating on them. The show pods, I think that's a lot of Dodger fans hating on the show pods. And the disappointment that the fans of the show pods have so far on how the season is going. But the one that stands out the most at number 10 is the Kansas City Royals. What the hell did the Kansas City Royals ever do to anyone? How is the how are the Kansas City Royals make the top ten of most disliked teams, babyface? Well, maybe like we said, you know, it's their own fan base, right? They're upset at how the Royals have been playing, right? Ever since ever since they won the World Series, and what was that? Fifteen? Uh, was it fifteen they won the World Series? I right? think so. I think yeah, so. It was fifteen then, and the Cubs sixteen. Um, I mean, the Royals have didn't really done anything right after that. I mean, I think they've just kind of gone downhill and, and, you know, same thing this year again for them. I mean, it's, it's probably just the Royal fans, you know, they've gotten rid of some of their players that they had, you know, and it looks like they're ready to sell again. You know, they're going to probably be selling their best pieces that they, whatever they got, you know, come trade deadline. And I think the fans are probably getting frustrated and that's probably why they, they came in at 10. Is there any team that you would have put on this list that isn't on the list? Um, well, obviously the Giants aren't there, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of kind of big, you know, omission, right? I mean, and then if you would think like, uh, you know, just being out West and, you know, who's in first place right now in the West, right? It's the Diamondbacks, right? So, you know, I wonder if any Dodger fans or anybody else in the West is like, Hey, you know, trying to hate on the Diamondbacks, right? And the, you know right. they're not there. I mean, the A's. I mean, their fan base is pretty pissed off right now. I'm surprised they're not on there, right? Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, for the most part, you know, the 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 more popular teams are on that on this list. 
Yeah, I think the list is is correct. Um, the the only thing is the Royals. Uh, I think the Giants is a good pick on your part. Um, the the Cachorros, the Cubs. I'm surprised maybe the Cubs weren't on there because, uh, and then maybe this is just Cubs fans just being realistic and being like, why are we going to hate them? They they weren't supposed to do anything. You know, there's no expectations. The Cubs have been bad, but th- those are probably the Giants and the Cubs are probably the two teams that maybe I would think of putting on that list to replace the Royals. But other than that, I, I, I those are the teams I would expect to be on a list like this. But I, I, I find it very, this is further proof. Thank you, Ben online to prove my theory. We were ahead of the game. We talked about this on our last episode, the palpable anger that is being felt by Dodger fan. But guess what guys? Um, maybe we don't need to be so angry anymore. I like too cool. Raul says, "Stop giving your guys chor- giving yourself chorro, because the Dodgers just swept the Angelitos." That's right. It looked we got our asses kicked by the Giants, and it was all doom and gloom. Are we ever going to win another game again? And the Dodgers sweep the Angelitos, who were playing really well. But again, this is important. This is why you guys need to watch this show. You need to listen to this show. We had Jeff Fletcher, the Angels beat writer from the Orange County Register, tell us just two episodes ago, the Angels aren't beating good teams. The only good team that they had beaten was the Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. So maybe that uh, that record that they had going into it was fool's gold. But it also could be because the Angels had some injuries mm-hmm. and they're really feeling it in their offense because – the Dodgers shut them out back to back. It wasn't like the Dodgers just went in there and, and creamed them. But I mean, Kershaw did what Kershaw did. And I mean, that, that in particular, that seventh inning, getting out of that jam, having second and third and no outs, it, you, you got flashes of the old Kershaw. And it's one of those things where you have to tip your hat. Uh, Babyface, so who gets a, a stronger applause on on your part? Is it Kershaw or the fact that the Dodgers threw a bullpen game against Shohei Otani and beat him? Yeah, I mean, I think that that bullpen game was huge, right? I mean, I mean, Kershaw just kind of it's just like another feather in his hat. Like this is a kid. Like Kershaw just goes out and he just does his thing, right? Like I mean, it's kind of what he did is just crazy, right? But it's kind of expected sometimes. Like, ah, Kershaw will take care of it, right? Like, he's, he's going to do it, right? He, he, it's Kershaw, right? He, he'll take care of it, right? And that's what yeah. he did, right? And, the, and he, he did it again. I mean, but to see the bullpen also, you know, come in a bullpen game, right, against, you know, the Angels, right? And, you know, you had guys that have struggled all year, and they put up zeros, right? Vesia. You know, he's he's striking out Mike Trout. I mean, that guy has gotten so much shit this year. Give that man his flowers. He struck out Mike Trout. You know, um, Showtime uh, um, Almonte, Almonte, right? He had he had some good outings as well. Um, Bruce Dar did great. Um, I mean, every everybody that came out that they put out, right? They threw up a zero, right? And then and then to close it off in, in both games, right? They went with Caleb. And Phillips, right? And then yeah. one night Phillips, one night Caleb, they switched it up and they both got they went they had to go through they had to go through Trout and Otani, both of them, and they both did the job. So I mean I mean it was it was like I said, it, it I think that was what stood out and, and needs to obviously continue to go forward. But but Juan, you're missing I mean, you're you're missing and not telling everybody what what happened? Where were you yesterday and where was I the day before? Oh, so what you're saying is that, the, well, the thing is, is your theory doesn't really work because I was at the Sunday game against the Giants and I was at the Friday game against the Giants and they got and they lost both games. But Babyface was there on Tuesday in Anaheim covering the game and the Dodgers won. And I was there Wednesday uh, covering the game and the Dodgers won. So I would totally say that it was the Bleedless podcast is the influence that helped the Dodgers, but I was there against the Giants. Uh, I just think, look, the Giants have that devil magic going again. They've won 10 in a row now. So it's just one of those things where you just ran up against a really hot team. Friday, you shot yourself in the foot. You should have won that Friday game. Uh, And so you win one game against them, you lose the series. Okay, it looks better. But to get swept... 
It sucks, but I, I'm really, you know, we buried the lead. We didn't get too much into this. Maybe we'll we'll get into it into the next episode. But uh, Wednesday after the game, Caleb Ferguson told everybody that they the bullpen had a meeting. They had the equivalent of their team meeting. And, and go to our YouTube page. You can hear the interviews between Evan Phillips and Caleb Ferguson, especially what Evan, Evan Phillips was saying in the sense that, hey, it, it wasn't anything dramatic or anything like that. Just get off what's on your chest. Talk about what you're doing. And it was really interesting to hear both of those guys say that the bullpen feeds off of each other. If one guy is going bad, it affects the whole bullpen. If one guy is going good, it affects the whole bullpen because then they want to to match that. So I'm hoping that what happened in Anaheim is going to give these guys the confidence to start turning things around. Because, I, you know, we hear this all the time, babyface, how important confidence is, the mental aspect of sports. Gavin Stone getting his ass kicked on the major league level seems like it's affected him on the minor league level. And I think that's just all mental, right? When when you start doubting yourself, it's it, it's a problem. So, I mean, do you think this is possibly signs that the bullpen may be turning things around? Or is it just too soon to tell? No, it's it's definitely a positive. Like you know, like you're saying the mental part of it too. Like um, I got a chance to talk to Evan Phillips uh, on the Tuesday, and just just nothing about baseball, just how how his Father's Day was, right? And he mm-hmm. was saying it was, it was great, it was awesome. You know, his first Father's Day, you know, his whole family was there, and you know, then he said he said at the end he's like he was relaxed, you know, and 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 fresh. You know, felt really fresh and ready to to go on through the summer. So I think that has something to do with it too, right? Like you, you, like you said, your your mind. He, he said he's fresh and he's ready, and you know he went out there two nights back to back, right, and got the job done, right. And and so hopefully, like you said, that is something we continue to see. Yes, there's going to be continued hiccups with with the bullpen. The guy the guy here is going to give up run, but like I said, if it's you know stuff that's just you know here and there and, and far in between. Right, you're gonna you're gonna take that, right? And if they but if they go out there and do their job when they have a four run lead or whatever, they should be able to hold that and you know and win the game. Absolutely. So I, I mean, I'm starting to feel a little better. Uh, in terms of our picks, I know last week I went really dark and really surprised everybody because I went one and four, and I you guys all mocked me, you all laughed, but until that Angel series. It, there was a point where it's like, are we, is it going to be 0 and 5? Are they even going to win a game? Uh, but that being said, there was only one winner in terms of our picks, and it was La Princesa de Picolandia. She went 2 and 3. La Princesa did. So she is now tied for the lead with myself and you, the listeners, you, the viewers. So the let's update the standings right now. Alicia, the viewers, and myself, we have two. Uh, then Babyface has one, and Alonzo is yet to get on the board. So you're still within striking distance, Babyface. So that being said, we'll get the Princesa's picks uh, later. But right now, we're going to go into our picks. Uh, so what we're going to start with is we're going to start with the Astros series. So that'll be three uh, against the Astros. And then after that, they go to Colorado and it's going to be another three games in Colorado. So we're going to do six games in this pick uh, f- for this uh, for this week. Um, Babyface, do you want me to go first? Uh, okay, go ahead. Okay, I think the Dodgers are showing signs. So I'm going to go three and three. Three and three. Okay, I'm going to go... Um, I think the Dodgers are going to get the better of the Astros this weekend. So they'll win that series. And then, um, you know, Colorado's pretty bad, but it's Colorado. Something seems exactly. to always go wrong in Colorado, right? So I'm going to go four and two. Four and two. All right. There we go. So that's going to do it for this episode. Um, again, I just want to remind everyone we are the number one baseball podcast in Armenia. We are in the top five in Australia. So the the Bleed Lows podcast is just beginning its international domination. We're starting in uh, alphabetical order. So we're starting with countries that start with A. So uh, just, just putting it out there. But, hey, 
spread the word. Do what the Armenians do. Do what the Australians do. Tell everybody to listen to the Bleed Lows podcast. You want your Dodgers news? You got to check into the Bleed Lows podcast. We're the we're at the games. We're covering the games for you guys. You guys can check the pregame uh, interviews, the postgame interviews on our YouTube. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to our podcast. Every time we drop a new episode, you will be alerted. Hey, there's a new Bleed Lows podcast episode. I got to listen to what these uh, sangrones are saying now. Um, Babyface, any last words? Just uh, ho- hopefully we're on, the, we're on the right path. And, you know, our next episode, we'll, be, we'll come back and be like, you see, things are getting better as opposed to, you know, oh, man, here we are still same place. <laughs> That's right. In the words of Too Cool Raul, don't give yourself chorro. So, you are see those who servidor Juan Ramirez, de parte de mi colega Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Lows podcast has been brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.